Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hope. Today, I have my new friend, Lynette, on here. How are you today, Lynette? I'm doing amazing. How are you? Fantastic. Super excited to have you on here. Now, just so everybody knows what Hope is, Hope is my podcast and YouTube channel, helping other people evolve. And what my mission and vision here is just to offer people hope. I like to let people know that they don't struggle alone in this world. I know that some people are sitting at home right now thinking they're the only one going through a struggle. But fortunately for them, unfortunately for some of us that have been through struggles but have gotten to a strength, we are here to share stories of hope. And to help you to maybe get out of bed today and walk out the front door and take a deep breath and know that it's going to be okay and you can get through it. Now, I don't really know Lynette's story. I know that our friend Glenn, who I always bring Glenn up because Glenn has referred so many amazing people to my podcast that it's been just great. So Glenn referred Lynette to me. Um, She lives in the Colorado area now, right? Yes. 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 I'm here in Colorado, originally from Texas. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love yes. Glenn, by the way. I just need to put that out there. <laughs> right, right, right. He is, uh, he's amazing. If anybody, I did a podcast interview with him a few weeks ago and um, he just all, he just sends me people with amazing stories of hope all the time. And I just love that. So I guess Lynette, I don't really know a lot about your story. Um, I do know that you're a writing coach and I know that you've yeah. written books and um, yeah, I'm just excited to hear your story. So like I always say, you know, it's like we're sitting in a coffee shop and let's just have a conversation. So um, again, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I love what you're doing with the stories of hope, believe it or not. Um, that is how people can grow. And you'd be so surprised what you're going through it can help other people. So thank you so much for um, starting this platform. Um, one of the things that I, you did say it already, but I am uh, an author. I'm a writing coach. I'm also a certified grief specialist as well. Um, and that's actually something that I picked up um, and decided on getting certified after my mother passed away. Um I didn't know all of the ins and outs about grief. Um, I think it was just the process of me trying to just really settle with the fact that my mother was gone and she wasn't coming back. Yes. And it was a very different um, feeling for me. So let me just give you like a little background story. Yes. Um, Three years ago, about three to four years ago, I moved here to Colorado for a job. And when I moved here, I was my mother's caregiver, but I actually left my mother um, in Texas for, you know, my brother to pick up uh, the, you know, to pick up the slack and um, continue on with her care while I moved here. Um, And so um, that worked, you know, I was sending care packages back home, things of that nature. And so the last time that I had an opportunity to see my mother was on a Saturday. And so um, I went down to Texas. I was visiting my children. And when I went down to Texas, um, I saw my mom. And this particular time when I left, I I shared pieces of this in the book um, that I wrote, which I'll talk about in just a second. But um, when I um, saw my mom, Every single time that I went to Texas to see my mom, I would cry like a baby. I would literally cry like a baby. 
And this particular time, I didn't. Hmm. I, I left my mom and I didn't even cry this time. To this day, I can't even explain why. But I got in the car and I went on to my next mission. And by the time that we got back to, back to Colorado, I got a call from uh, my brother on a Wednesday telling me that she was gone. Oh. And it's 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 a hard process. Yeah. Um, I want to say that I may I know this may sound redundant for a lot of people, but losing a mom is very different from anybody that you've ever gotten a notice, uh, a death notice about like losing a mom is very, very different. Um, it was very hard for me to process. And so, um, I think I went for months and months on end, just in shock. Right. I just couldn't even process it. Um, and so a month after her death, I just start writing and start writing and just continued on with writing. Um, and then God told me to. We froze. We froze. Oh no. Froze for a second. Okay. We, we froze for a second. Okay, so uh, probably go back about 30 seconds. I'm trying to think what the last thing you said was, then we froze. So um, I was going back and forth with God about, you know, publishing. God had told me to publish what I wrote, um, what I'd written about um, my mom and, you know, the experience with her death and things of that nature. And um, I didn't want to because it, I just felt like it was too transparent. It was too much personal information, but I went ahead and I, you know, shared the information and I went ahead and published. And then um, I published my book, Letters to Mom, Writing to Heaven. Mm. And so um, it was, my writing was what allowed me to just peel back some of the layers Yes. If I could say that, um, it allowed me to peel back some of the layers of what I was dealing with, with my, with my mom's death. Right. Right. I really didn't know how to process it. No, and so no. Yeah. So, so had you, um, so was this, this is your first book then? No. So no. this is actually, uh, my fifth book. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so this is actually my fifth book, maybe the sixth if you can, can if you count. Um, I had a, I, I actually published two books last year. Okay. Uh, one was um, writing to so I wrote two books. One was writing to heaven, uh, letters to mom, writing to heaven, right. and then the other book was uh, monetizing your ideas, and it's basically where I teach uh, authors as well as business owners how to take their idea or their concept from their book and turn it into a full business. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So that's, that's awesome. Um, for one thing, you know, so sorry for the loss of your mom. Um, I know, you. I know that I, I can relate to the tragedy because I lost my mom in August of 2020. So I can definitely relate. Um, but it's just, to me, 
that you're taking that, like you said, and you wrote the book, which, which is awesome. And I'm learning more and more when I'm doing my podcast, talking to people about journaling and writing and how much therapy that is for people, you know, it really, um, and, and I suppose with you being a writing coach too, and a grief, grief, um, counselor, do you call it or a grief coach? It's, it's, I'm actually a grief coach. Um, it's actually the technical term for it is grief specialist. Right. Um, but since I'm a writing coach, I'm also a grief coach as well. Um, but I want to say something about being a grief specialist. Um, that was something that I started, um, after my mother passed away, I couldn't, I didn't know how to process, um, her death. Right. I didn't know how to process it. Um, and so, um, I was actually working for a church and the church had promoted me to be a grief specialist, although I had no, um, you know, the only experience I had as a a grief, um, dealing with grief was with my mother. That's what I assumed. And, um, it wasn't until I said, you know what, I want to do better. I want to make sure that I have the tools if I'm supposed to help someone else through it, I want to make sure I can, you know, get through it as well. Right. And so um, I took the certifications for it. Um, and one of the things that I learned is grief is not what we think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of um, holding up the grief flag, everyone always assumed that it's strictly about death um, mm-hmm. because that's what we relate to grief. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until I got the certification and went through, you know, this program and I realized that grief is any loss, any downside, any, any, anything that you've experienced that, that caused a loss or damage um, to you emotionally is grief. And I didn't realize that I even went into the program with a myopic view of, oh, I'm just going to learn about death and how to process death. Okay. And, and I get there and all of these other things that I've experienced well before death, um, my mom's death, uh, was like, oh, wait, hold on. That's grief. Wait, that's grief. And so it was a great learning experience, but it also gave me the tools not only to help other people with grief, but it also was helped me to process my grief. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I, I like that you added that in there about grief, because like you said, we're like everybody just thinks grief, like you said, is the loss of a of a human being, a loss of a right. person, right? Or I mean, right. I shouldn't just say a human being because a loss of an animal is grief, too, right? Correct. Like, like you're my dog. I'm still nine years later grieving my great Dane. I lost, I mean, yeah. if I'm being honest. And so yeah. we think that way though, right? Just death is grief. Right. But like you said, it's a loss. It can be a loss of a job. It can be loss of a house. It can be a of loss course. of a friend. Everybody, I mean, just yeah. in general, people don't realize, you know, that they, like you said, you're like, wait, I've went through other griefs before. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I guess I love that you said that because people don't realize that. And that I feel like when we're not processing those griefs that we are not realizing our grief is when people seem to go into the, the depressions and the not wanting to go out and, to, you know, just like, Oh, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, because you need to grieve. Of right. those things, You know, and right. that, that's something I'm, I don't know. I've, I've never done any grief counseling or anything. I've been through a lot of losses, but 
I, I would imagine that you, you help people to know that it's okay to grieve and you need to grieve. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so a lot of times um, with this thing called grief, we do two things. One, we rush through it because society makes us feel like we have to. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is we don't acknowledge it. A lot of times we don't acknowledge it because we attempt to replace. OK, um, you know, if you lost a husband or you lost a wife. What do you do? You try to replace. And I'm saying not lost like in death, but lost as in a breakup, a, a bad marriage or divorce or whatever. So we tend to replace because that's what society tells us we can do. We lose one car. What does society tell us? You know, get another car, get another right. this, get another dog even. Right. You know, right. if you would have told me about your great Dane um, in the past, I would have said, oh, girl, just get another dog. Like, right. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. that's what we tend to tell people. Um, but for me, the stopping point of suppressing the stopping point of me not grieving or not coming into grips with the things that I've lost, the stopping point was my mother. Mm. It like hit me in my face. It was the stopping point because with other deaths, you know, you, you, you're like, oh, it's just another death or, oh, she's in a better place. Right. Mm -hmm. We always tell ourselves that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so with my and uh, and I, if I can be honest. Um, some of the deaths that happened during COVID in my family, it was mainly like, man, dang, I hate COVID, you know, but OK, they're in a better place. Right. We make excuses. Right. For the people that we lose, we do it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so with uh, my mother's death, I couldn't. And, and, and can I just say this, Tammy? Yeah. One of the things that the other deaths that I experienced during COVID, I made excuses. Mm -hmm. And the excuses that I made because as you know, I'm from Texas. And so if anyone passed away in Texas, my way of not dealing with it or having to deal with it, I'd be like, oh my goodness, I wish I could come down, but right. you know, I'm in Colorado now, you know? Yep, and yep. so that was my way of not having to deal yep. with it, not having to see them, not having to process their death. Right. It was basically like, um, almost as a write-off, if I can mm -hmm. say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But my mother's death was the wake-up call, if I can be honest. Yeah. It was a wake-up call because I had to now come to grips with every, you know, like most of the people when you when they say, "Oh, I lost my mom," what do you say? You look down because you don't really want to look people in the eye. You look down and you're like, "Oh." I'm sorry about your loss. And right. oh, you know, I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll you'll get through it. Yeah. Not really asking, you know, what do you need to get through it? Do right. You, need, you know, you need to talk to someone. And so I realized um, after my mother passed away and I was saying the wrong things to other people, um, I, you know, it was things that I could have done better, could have said yeah. better. Yeah. 
Um, because the main thing we're like, oh, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I ignore your call. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden we disappear, right? We're like, hey, we're here for you anytime you need us. And then it's like, oh, wait, I don't have time. Because I don't really, I say that because that's what we've been conditioned to say. Right. right. Um, obviously, I know better now, but I'm just being transparent. Right. Uh, it, it Back then, um, when people would lose people, you just say, hey, you know, I'm here for if you need me, call me anytime. And the minute you get that buzz, you're like, oh, why are they calling me? I don't have time for this today. Right. Like, right. I don't want to hear about your woes today. You know what I mean? And so when my mother passed away, one, regardless of me being here in Colorado and she had passed away in Texas, it didn't matter. I had to be there, period. Right. Right. So I couldn't make an excuse of, oh, I'm working. I can't get off work. You know, this this is not an immediate family. My my job won't let me come because it's not an immediate family. I could make no excuses. Right. Right. So that's number one. And then number two, based on what people were conditioned to tell me, that's what I realized that was offensive. Yes. So now I'm like on the, you know, I'm, I'm on the receiving end, but Mm -hmm. these are the things that I've told people. I've told people, Hey, call me if you need me. Um, you know, you'll get through it. Just pray. You know, you, you won't even remember this pretty soon, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, the other thing that I, that I remembered is the time limit. It was Mm -hmm. a time, you know, people give you a time limit to get over your dog, get over your cat, get over people that you've lost. And I wasn't ready to move on. That was my mother. So um, really, if I can be honest, me writing allowed me to be in that moment, to resonate that I lost my mom, but the writing brought me closer Mm -hmm. um, to her in a sense. Mm -hmm. And it, it gave me my time to heal. Um, And whenever I wrote it gave me a time to release and things of that nature. And I'm going to tell you, um, it allowed me to be me. And I didn't know who me was without Mm -hmm. a mother, if I can be honest. So I want to share this with you. I don't know if you're ready for it, but I want to share this because um, first of all, I just want to give you a little bit of background about me as an African-American female. It's just certain things that we do when people pass away that's, you know, we just, it's kind of taboo. So it's, you know, you don't take uh, things, a lot of things that belong to the dead. A lot of people don't want things that belong to the dead. Um, um, And and a lot of cultures, um, my culture for sure, you know, you went to the burial site to bury them. And that's pretty much it. You made sure they had a headstone, but you don't really go back to sit and visit like you see people do on Mm -hmm. television. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've done um, that I was shocked at myself for doing, because it's not our culture, it's not what we do as African-American people, but um, it was roses that was on my mom's casket. And I took the roses and kept them. So these are um, roses um, from my mom's casket. They were blue and yellow. Like your nails. Um, Excuse me. They were, thank you. They were, um, (laughs) they, the, the roses on her casket was blue, white, 
um, dark blue, light blue, just a ray of different blues because okay. that was my mother's favorite color. Awesome. And so one day um, I called myself coming to myself um, because I was like, why am I holding on to these roses? This is not what we do. This is not our background. This is not our heritage, you know, because some some parts of what you keep is looked at for us as witchcraft. And of course, oh, okay. we don't deal in witchcraft. Right. So one day I was cleaning up my room, um, my office here, and I was just like, oh, why am I holding on to these roses? Like, I got to get rid of these roses. I got it. You know, this is not us. This is not what we do. And so as I was about to throw them away, I realized that the blue roses had turned yellow. And not only that, I happened to pick one up and I have to show you this because um, my mom loved to write. I love to write. And if you look really closely, the roses have turned into this very frail, like pieces of paper yes. almost. Yeah. And so I couldn't throw it away. No. Tammy, I had to hold no. on to it. And so um, it was my reminder of who I was as a writer, mm-hmm. as an author. And it also reminded me of the connection that my mom and I had. Um, this is something that I didn't share with you that I want to share. Um, my mom had, um, she was mentally ill. She had a nervous breakdown at the age of 11 when I was the age of 11. Um, and I, some say, you know, when she lost her mom, she lost her mom in high school, like her last year of high school. And so they said, you know, talking to her classmates and her friends, they were just like, you know, she was just never the same after she lost her mom. Now I get it. Back then I didn't get it, but now I get it. Right. And so, um, one of the things as my mother's caregiver, I took care of my mom from 16 up until three years ago of her staying in Texas and me moving here. And one of the things that I did, because I didn't understand um, things with mental illness, I didn't understand um, her condition. um, I somewhat attempted to suppress it. And so I would relate it to, oh, you know, she's acting like this because she lost her memory or I would just, you know, term it as a memory loss. Right. Right. And so um, when she passed away, I started writing about it. I started writing about her condition. Um, I actually was able to say out loud that my mother had um, schizophrenia. She was schizophrenic. Okay. And when I started taking care of my mother at the age of 16, it was basically like people said, hey, you know, um, this is all of her medicines. Don't let her run out of medicine. Uh So as a 16-year-old, that's all I remember. So from the time that... um, I took care of my mom. That's all I knew. Right. I remember the time in my, um, as an adult, 
I remember one time I went through a Walgreens drive through picking up medicine for my mom. Mm-hmm. And they came back, the pharmacist came back and said, hey, you know, this month, for whatever reason, they're not covering this medicine for your mom. Oh. And so I literally sat in the drive-thru crying right. and contemplating whether or not I should pay over $800 for my mother's medicine. Like literally, I sat there contemplating in the drive-thru. You know, do I pay this money out of pocket or do I, you know, like, like, do I let her go without the medicine? It was a hard decision. And let me just tell you, because it was drilled in my head so much. Hey, don't let her run out of medicine. Don't, you know, it was a hard pill to swallow. Yes. It was a very hard pill to swallow. And so the book that I wrote letters to mom, it was a release for me because I, when people, um, ask me, excuse me, no, um, when people ask me, um, about my mom's condition, I didn't know how to explain it to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I basically, suppressed it and moved on. You know, I was mainly like, you know, this is my mom, this is my issue, you know? So I wasn't willing to let people into my bubble, right? you know? And so when we went on trips, I took my mom with me, um, you know, I had two children. And so, um, in a, in the midst of caring for my mother, I also had these two children. So, um, one of the things that that done is that meant that sometimes she had to go to the school with me right. or she had to go to different functions, you know, that was meant for just my children. I had to also take my mom as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't regret any of those moments, by mm-hmm. the way. But I just want to say that um, the book allowed me to be transparent. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to accept what I had gone through Mm -hmm. um, with being a caregiver. It allowed me to share that part of my story uh, with the world. Um, Because the one thing that I had to process because I was a caregiver on paper, I lost a mom. That was my mom. On my birth certificate, she's on my birth certificate as my mother. Mm -hmm. However, because of her condition and because I cared for her, you know, giving her everything she needed, for me, it felt like a dual loss. It was like Mm -hmm. losing a child, but then also losing on paper my mother. Yes. And so that's what I wanted people to get. Once they read my book, Letters to Mom, Writing to Heaven, Mm -hmm. that's the part that I wanted people to get. I wanted to be able to share that my mother had a mental condition, Mm -hmm. I, but I wanted to say it 
so eloquently to where you caught it, but I didn't say it. <laughs> right, right, right. And I wanted to do that because people are notorious for when people die, throwing people under the bus. Yeah. And I wanted people to understand that I loved my mother. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to throw her under the bus, right. but this is our story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's an incredible story. And, um, you you know, I mean, to be a 16 year old and, and have to do that. I mean, that's a lot, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, it was times that, um, I, as a 16 year old underage, by the way, um, that I would have to make decisions on putting my mother in a mental hospital, mm-hmm. you know, when medicine became imbalanced right. as a 16 year old, I had to make those decisions. Um, and I also had to, um, you know, when it was time to pick her up as a 16 year old, um, I had to sign her out of the mental hospital yeah. as a 16 year old. Um, yeah. I will say I don't regret those moments. Right. Um, I will say that you know, I feel that those were things that I experienced. Um, I pray that if I get to a point in my life, um, and that was one of the things that I saw my grandmother doing. Um, I saw her grand, her, my grandmother taking care of her mother, my great grandmother. And so I think it was just already in me because I had already seen it. Right. And, um, I just pray that when I, if I ever was to get to the point of being where I can't really think and function correctly, I will have someone to take care of me like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Your story is incredible. I cannot wait to get your book. I'm definitely going to. Can you get that on all platforms? So, so Here's here's the big secret about my book. Uh, my book is on pre-order right now at okay. writingcoachlk.com. Okay. Everyone that have purchased the book thus far, they will get the book the week of Mother's Day. It's, it's oh. a purpose for that. Oh. So, yeah. So um, right now, from now, um, which is, um, I don't know when this will air, but from now, April 7th until World Books Day, which is on April 23rd, you're able to get two books for the price of one. Oh, okay. um, so two books, uh, two books. So mainly it's like you buy one book, donate book, The you would donate to the person of your choice. And the price is $35. You're able to do that on my website at writingcoachlk.com, writingcoachlk.com. All the books that's purchased now and have been pre-ordered in the past, they'll still get them the week of Mother's Day. That was the goal, right? Okay. Um, and so now I want to make sure that this book gets in the hands of mothers and daughters, best yeah. friends, sisters, co-workers, um, because it is a story that I want people to read and actually allow the story to resonate with them. Um, and even, you know, I know I, I heard you say earlier that you had also lost your mom. The mm-hmm. book is actually for us. Can I just say that, Miss Tammy? Yeah. But it's also a wake up call for a daughter that mother is still in the land of the living mm-hmm. in order to know how to treat them, in order to 
cherish that moment, like yeah. cherish every single moment. Yes. Um, a lot of times we try to make things so perfect, you know, Hey, I got to do this for my mother for mother's day. I have to do this for my mother for my birthday. But this book is a reminder to don't just wait to the special moments. Mm-hmm. Like you make the special moments, yeah. e- even if it's just going to the local restaurant and just grabbing, you know, um, a couple of sodas or something like that. Yeah. This book is a reminder to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's that's the story. And yeah. I, I thank you in advance for purchasing the book. No, um, I, thank you I, I, I really I can't wait to get your thoughts on it um, because it was written for us. Right. Uh, people who had lost moms. It's it's written for us. So that's awesome. So they can find you on writingcoachlk.com. Is that what you said? Yes. Um, my website is writingcoachlk.com, um, mm-hmm. writingcoachlk.com, but uh, writingcoachlk on every platform, okay. every social platform. But yes, writingcoachlk.com is the website. Okay. So with your grief, um, do you do that online too? With the grief counseling, um, that's something that I do in person. In person, okay. Um, yeah, because it, it it's a lot that entails um, that okay. um, at some point it will be online. It is okay. not an online program just yet. Okay. Um, so most of the clients that I have for that, we have to meet in person. Yeah, okay. I was just curious because, yeah. um, I mean, we could, but but it's so cool that you have the your website and I know all your platforms and- yes. um, yeah, I'm just I'm just blessed to know you, to meet I'm you, blessed to, hear, to know you, <laughs> to hear your story. It's when you were Thank talking, you. Um, you know, about with with like our moms and not just a special Mother's Day or the birthdays and things like yeah. that. I, I want to reflect a little bit with that, with I feel like that's an all over the board kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I see a post sometimes that talks about don't bring funerals to my flower. Don't bring flowers to my funeral or don't talk about me at my funeral. Come talk about me now. And I think that's in general, you know, I, I have this new thing that I'm doing. Like if somebody pops in my head, I send them a message right away. Just to like, Hey, you popped in my head today. I just wanted to say, I love you and have a great day or, you know, whatever it is. But, and normally when I do that, Lynette, it's, I get that message back though. Wow, today was a perfect day for you to send me that. Yeah. You know I mean? So, and yeah. I feel like we have to be reminded of that. You know, we know that that life is a gift, life is short, life is precious. Yeah. But it's it's our job as people to show the love to other people and to show people exactly. that we really are here because we care. You know, that's right. like my whole hope platform. That's what this is all about. It's not only allowing me to hear these amazing stories because believe me, my heart gets so full that I'm like, thank you, God, for letting me hear these people's stories. And thank you, God, for allowing me to help other people share their stories. Right. And so that's what my biggest thing is with all of this. And just just knowing that we can be the light in this dark world. You know, I know turn on the TV and it's a negative, 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 which I don't turn for the news. So I just don't even do it. But we need to have more people that are, are willing to step up and say, I'm the light in the world. You know, I've been through a struggle and you've been struggling. I mean, when you talk about losing your mom, but for years yeah. you've been through a struggle, but exactly. here you are sharing those struggles with people to help them to get through their struggles, you Absolutely. know, so, 
It's amazing Absolutely. what you're doing. I think that I can't wait to read your book. Uh, I can't wait you. for Mother's Day now. I'm like, get here, Mother's Day. Maybe I should have my son buy me the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's the goal. I wanted this book to be in the hands of a lot of people who had dealt with this um, the week of Mother's Day. I wanted, you know, it was almost um, as if it was um, a gift. Um, just being able to see my words and uh, just be able to um, share everything that I shared in the story. Um, and I've, I've gotten some great feedback about it. Um, I, and that's what I was also proud of uh, because I've, I've written, like, like I've told you, uh, five books. But this is the book that I'm most proud of. This is the book that um, I literally told my editor um, after we were done with the process. Now my mom can rest in peace. Mm, And that was a big deal for me. Yes. Because I didn't just want to put anything out there. I wanted to put her truth out there. Um, Obviously, you know, she's not here to read it, but. I like the fact that her story and her legacy still lives on. I'm still here. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> so once again, Lena, I want to thank you so much for getting on here with me today. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Glenn again. I'm sure he'll listen. Yes. And, you know, Glenn, hey, thank Glenn. you so much for introducing you, me to Lynette. I know that this will be a lifelong friendship. I thank always... Tell people when I'm interviewing them, I can't wait to like touch back again in six months to a year, like on here live. We'll be friends now forever. Yes. You know, yes. I'm live again just to see where you're at, you know, how the book sales are going, you know, how your coaching is going and all of that. So, yes. If there's any last little, you know, words of wisdom or just enlightenment or hope that you want to share with anybody before we wrap it up. Um, I want to thank you again. I appreciate you. I appreciate Glenn. Um, amazing connections. And I'm so grateful for that. We got to get you up here to Colorado. Yeah, I just want to put will. that out there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, I'm grateful for just being able to share this experience. And I'd love to connect with anyone that have experienced losing a mom. I'd love to be able to connect with more women who have had this experience. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, once again, thank you so much for getting on here. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Hope. I hope, always I hope, everybody has an amazing day, week, month, year. You know, just try to be the light in the world. And if you're struggling out there, there's so many people out here that can help you to get through your struggles. You all have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.